Welcome to Titanic Reaction. I'm Tony Mangus. Be aware, these are real stories. Well, most of them are. They will contain tales of alcohol, drugs, sex, extreme violence, and language Mary Whitehouse would not approve of. Take caution when listening. Okay, welcome everybody. This is Titanic Reaction. I'm Tony Mangus. And we're here with Roger and Marco from Savage Beat. Hey. What's up? I'm Marco, singer, percussionist, librarian, and a cop killer. <laughs> What's up? I'm Roger. I play bass. I don't kill cops, but I don't like them. But um, I'm with Marco on this. Yeah, let's kill him. Yeah, that's good. Okay, well, we're going to start with a song. We'll play Revenge first. Do you want to tell us about it? It's, it's one of the first songs we did, right? Uh, yeah. You I wrote it, right? Nah, we wrote, me and Paul wrote it. I, th I think Paul came up with, uh, it's, our, it's our original guitar player, which we started the band with. He's not in the band anymore, but we wrote it. And um, that was in the time when the whole band was still like uh, more of a project. And then I wrote some lyrics to go with uh, the music based on screams Marco was doing while we were just writing. Oh yeah, I was kind of howling. Uh... Uh, in the yeah, that you came up with the lyrics, and I sort of rep replaced the house for words, and that that make the song yeah. turn out pretty good, I think, in the end. <laughs> So I hear everything from the users, a screwdriver in your music. 
what were the like what were the influences you guys had when you first started? Well, you just named some, um, and <laughs> it's, it's pretty damn obvious, I think. But yeah, I, I think what what we were going for was to to get like all the old punk and and pop rock and oi stuff we we liked just see if we can write a bunch of songs like that, which includes a lot of the old Chiswick records, you know, not just Screwdriver, but also, yeah. you know, like old Motorhead or like the old pop rock uh, from from uh, from the UK and uh, some of the American oi bands that me and Marco both grew up on. It's just for fun, you know, it's all in there. I mean, what else is in there, Marco? Uh, well, yeah, it was... Um... That was pretty much it on the first record, but we just kept on piling other stuff in the blender, uh, got it all glam and rock and roll and everything, but it's basically straightforward punk rock. We had about 60 years of rock and roll baggage thrown in there. <laughs> so where does a rock and roll it with Chuck Berry, it's good. <laughs> yes, for sure. Where does a rock and roll oi band fit in the Dutch music scene? Shit, uh, we're, we're one of. <laughs> I, I, I suppose there's not much pure rock and roll bands at the moment. There's some. There's there's some good bands, and the la the last couple of years, some more coming up. But uh, I don't know. We we felt it was time to to just play some. Yeah, I mean, first the band was like a like a project, but then we took it a bit more serious. Now we just want to play like full on rock and roll music without all the yeah, influences that other people throw in uh, lately in, in a, around Amsterdam. It's uh, like a lot of stoner and doom and, and God knows what. And <laughs> stay away from that kind of stuff. <laughs> Keep it like real rock and roll and punk. Is there a history of Oi in Holland? Yeah, I suppose. There, there, there's, there's, there's some bands, but... I mean, what, what's what's oi anyway? I mean, it's, it's basically just like, yeah, punk, but then like uh, more more in a football sort of way. I don't know. There's there's some bands. You had like Envela Andre. They had a song called Troublemaker Skinheads. Suppose that's oi. And you got Evil Conduct. And they're yeah, they're been around really for, old uh, band. Gazillion years. Yeah, they, they've been around. I mean. Are they I, was, I was in a shitty uh, street punk band. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they were cute. <laughs> but uh, like, uh, I don't know, 20 years ago or something. Heroes and Zeros, we made a few records, late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, okay. When I was in between uh, singing in bands, I tried playing guitar for a while. <laughs> that but, band... Uh, I mean, as for the scene, uh, it was always bigger in Germany for that kind of music. So, I mean, we were on a German label, tour tons in Germany and... Uh, in Holland too, but uh, yeah, I mean, we've seen, I guess, more and more in the South. Uh, Amsterdam had a, as in Skinner tradition, yeah, and the ska shows were huge also in the 90s, but as for yeah. Oi, uh, not that huge in this uh, part of part of the country. Yeah, yeah, oh, I guess always, a, I guess always the wrong word to use, like more like street rock punk, more stuff that was has the same influences as you guys. Well, there's a bunch uh, these days in, in Holland. There's there's a band called 
the Reapers, they they're on the same label as us. They they're pretty much in the same uh, corner of us, but they're they're like real skinheads, which you, as you can see, uh, we're not. Um, I don't know. The, there's there's some there's some of those sort of bands. Oh yeah, you you got it short right now. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> I got the Corona crop. <laughs> and it's like the the, the bands of uh, the the guy who who owns the label that puts out our stuff, uh, Rebellion Records. He was in a in a bunch of uh, punk and uh, oi bands uh, and still is. He was in a band called Razorblade, I suppose. That that's oh, a oi band. And uh, I I personally I follow more the high energy rock and roll garage power pop scene. So uh, yeah not the best authority on that no. well, i know so much, some of, some of these newer bands i i know but in holland there's not many that i i think are really really good some but where marco that scene that you were talking about what specific park closed where did all where did that move where where were shows happening before well before coronavirus all right so See, this is the Wester Park, my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, uh, we had the the world's best rock and roll club for uh, for a few years called Pacific Park. But uh, it was it was just an anomaly. It was too huge to uh, to stay underground, and uh, well, a bunch of yuppies bought it, and it turned into a shithole. But uh, for a while, we had uh, bands from all over the world, like I mean, the Morlocks, the Kids. Uh, it was crazy. It was about yeah, more than 10 years of, of great stuff in, in a huge place with a like fit, you know, four or 500 people. Chip and yeah. we saw fantastic and, uh, shows there. And we played yeah. fantastic shows there. First we seven beat show was there. Show there. Yeah. yeah. And we did a New Year's Eve uh, two years ago or last year. What was that? Uh, two or three, three years, years ago. That was great. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there are a bunch of uh, smaller clubs. Uh, Aki's still around, of course. I mean, but it doesn't uh, Mello, like Mello, the old blues joint, puts all kinds of rock and roll stuff. And uh, out sort of on the north side of Amsterdam, which is uh, this way from my house, uh, okay. there are some underground places like a skate park and a few clubs. So it's being pushed out in the periphery on the outskirts of town these days. Yeah, I wondered, are you, are you both from Amsterdam? Born and raised. Uh, moved here in 94 from uh, Serbia. Oh, okay. How old were you? Uh, 16 at the time. Oh, man. You, uh, how, how did you end up in Amsterdam? Uh, well, uh, well, basically, my mom uh, moved here because she started hanging out with Dutch people and then translating Dutch literature in the 80s. And then everything went to shit in uh, former Yugoslavia. And uh, <laughs> I kind of made the decision to try it out over here. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that was a lucky move. Yeah, it worked out in the end, I guess. Met a bunch of other pricks and started playing in uh, punk and hardcore bands <laughs> in the mid-90s. <laughs> So you've all been around so long in the punk scene here. How have you seen how have you seen the Dutch punk scene change? The good and the bad. Got smaller and smaller in my in my uh, opinion. But maybe also because we're getting older, you don't follow 
everything as uh, intense as uh, we used to. But I know in, in Amsterdam, it gets, I think it's just, uh, you know, sort of getting smaller with all the gentrification and everything. Uh, outside of the city, maybe there's a little more going on. But I think uh, in the city, yeah, you got some young bands. But I think in the 90s, like Marco was mentioning, when he started playing around, there was like tons of bands, a lot of shows, lots of places to play. And right now we're down to what? What's that? Three venues, Marco, in Amsterdam? Four, maybe? Yeah, and maybe some other pop-up shows here. And yeah, there. but uh, I mean, that, that's like... Not a lot of places. I mean, uh, I mean, we're, we're lucky enough to play a few commercial clubs and get good deals there because, well, you know, we've been in bands for 20-plus uh, years, so... You know some people. sort of guarantee a good crowd, but, uh, yeah. Wouldn't want to be like a, a young starting band in Amsterdam right now. I mean... Even even without the corona, I, was, I think it will be quite tough. Sure, but we got our uh, friends, the COVID starting up. They're uh, young punk rockers, and uh, <laughs> oh, man, they just recorded it. Great, so shout out. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. The kick singer, ass. They will kick ass in the future. Yeah, their singer just sent us some of the songs. It sounds like uh, one of the songs reminded me of Panic, the old Amsterdam punk band. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, they got some. They got some good. They got some good riffs going on. They're gonna be great. Yeah, I mean, there, there's echoes of I don't know, from modern lovers to to power pop to more Kennedy's kind of sounding. It's a good blend. Oh, yeah. be, it'll be nice. It'll be nice to see some new bands when this is over. Totally, I'll, I mean, I'll, we would I'll love to get them on, on some bills with us. Yeah, yeah. Well, so <clears throat> like you were just talking about, how have you seen Amsterdam change in the last 20 years and how has that affected punk? Well, a lot. I mean, gentrification, uh, huge. I mean, my little shithole apartment is, uh, it's worth a fortune, so go figure. <laughs> no, it, it's huge. I mean, I remember when I, when I came here, so I first went to a regular Dutch school, but that didn't work out, so I got moved into this Oh, let's say a ghetto school. So international school, but for, uh, well, the poor <laughs> countries. <laughs> so Eastern Europe and third world international school. You can't pay for that shit. So, but it was back, like that was a working class neighborhood. That's cool. Well, that that neighborhood now is like, I don't know, 90% gentrified. So what neighborhood was it? Uh, the pipe. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. That's... Uh, where, where the famous market is. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also you lived there for a while. That, that, yeah, that, that like that neighborhood. I mean, the whole city changed, but like, okay, my neighborhood still, Western Park is kind of mixed or whatever, but that neighborhood just totally fucking gentrified 100%. Yeah, well, I live west of you, and mm -hmm. even over here, it's getting like that. Where yeah. do you live? Uh, near to Fluklon in uh, Bozalomer. All right. Okay. I mean, that's gentrification as well, man. Boston Lomer used to be deep ghetto in the 90s. And these days, uh, apartment is, uh, what, like 50 square meters is like, I don't know, touching half a million these days or something. It's like, it's ridiculous. And that's that's what we saw change as well. I mean, you, you used to have a lot of squats in the city, but squatting got prohibited. So that's that is a big, you know, change for like punk shows and underground shows. Um, there was tons of clubs where bands could play. Uh, most of those are gone. It's like the Vincent. We had tons of shows there. That's gone. Um, like then, there's a lot more. So yeah. 
Uh, but still, I mean, you know, yeah, it, city is is getting more expensive. So in that way, it sucks. But you know, it's still vibrant. People come from all over the world. So I mean, you know, good thing about Amsterdam is still is you, you you meet people from all over the world, and uh, a lot of bands still come to play. But it's just that was it's not getting easier to to put on shows. But uh, you still meet cool people, and well, you know, we're uh, getting by. No, nah, it's well, not, I mean, it's not like there's nothing there, but it's just hmm. if you compare it to what it used to be, and then us all people reminiscing about the past, you're like, ah, it all used to be better, but this was, I guess it's just a different city. It's turning into something else yeah. that, where yeah. we grew up in. They're trying oh, to Disneyfy it like all uh, charming European cities. <laughs> well, also, I mean, because of people like me, the, I mean, there's so much business here and so many like we're here as highly highly skilled migrants and yeah. so i think it's stuff like that has just driven property values up and up usually sure yeah. well we have the world portland has the same problem yeah yeah man if you if you go to like paris or berlin or london or or, or brussels or whatever it's it's, it's the same sure, berlin is the only one that's kind of uh still still cheap a little what i hear what Berlin? Yeah. Nah, depends. Depends on the neighborhood, and that's all. Also, going more out of the sure, center. Of course, that, of course. That, I mean, that it but goes. yeah. Where I come from, Belgrade. I mean, it's it's gonna get it gentrified, but it's it's you know it's a city of extremes, so that that's why it's nice. I mean, you have like a nouveau-ish or gentrified next to a fucking favela with the gypsies in in Mad Max cars. So it's. Uh, yeah, it's weird. And we don't have the Mad Max cars anymore in Amsterdam. That's a shame, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> so where did all the Max Mad Max cars move? Where did all the punks go? Where are the shows at? You mean the Krusties? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, tell me about them. I don't know. They have Planet Crust somewhere on, in, in the... <laughs> I mean, uh, fuck, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I th guess there's always some deep underground stuff but also that scene also went into more like a techno fucking vibe in half of yeah, it, i guess yeah sometimes yeah. there's like a new squad and it all pops up there and, and and some of it's still based around frankreich which is a old squad but which is legalized so that's not gonna go anywhere so it's basically not a squad anymore but i mean it's still functions and looks like one but it's uh you know mm. it's not gonna go anywhere I'm, I'm when i first killed. moved here, there was a group of squats across like across the street and up i think is that the spow yeah that's at the spow yeah next to the mines and across the street from uh frankreich yeah that was all squats the, the whole street but the spow used to be one of the most dangerous streets in amsterdam in the 80s and that mm. sort of slowly went up and got better and by now it's like all these squats like the slungerpunt with the big snake on it you probably saw yeah, it when yeah. You moved here. yeah i mean that's one of the famous most famous oldest squats of the city and also that you know got yeah i was there uh, during the eviction because i work in that street for 20 years <laughs> <laughs> i went down and i went down and watched the eviction too that guy yeah i, I was yeah i work at the university library so i was i was i was there oh okay so yeah, I mean that was that was sort of the end of the era, and then I was uh, sometime later I was in the Amsterdam Museum, and then in the museum they got the snake, the head of the snake in the museum, and then I thought to myself, well, 
that's a sign of the time she got right there. But, you know. Oh, fuck. That was sort of sad, you know, seeing, seeing yeah. that in the museum like that. I was like, ah. So, yeah. So then how are places... When I, I was here in the in early 90s, and every, like it seemed every place that we played or went was squats. And then mm-hmm. now, like what what is left from that era? Is Aki and then Frankrijk? Okay, Frankrijk. There's 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 a few. There's a bunch of squats that, are, that have been legalized because actually squatting is prohibited, but some some squats have been legalized and some of them still you know immerse in counterculture or di- different stuff. And like you got like things still have Saal 100 in the Staatsliederbuurt. Oh, yeah, it's more a hippie place, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they don't do punk anymore, but they, then at least they do some other stuff. They do flutes. Flutes, BJS, <laughs> Flutes and congas. God knows, God knows what, but they're doing their thing. I mean, that's important. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just not going there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how... Uh, like, tell... Can you tell a little bit of the story of Aki and how you guys are involved? Uh, well, definitely. I mean, I think the first time I went to Aki was 25 years ago. It was probably the first underground uh, club I went to. So just before that. So I moved here in 94. But, you know, as a kid, I only went to big commercial clubs, which sometimes also had punk and hardcore bands. Then when I met some other locals, Aki was pretty much the first place where I went to... Uh, see underground bands and then start playing around with my old hardcore band. And before we knew it, we were opening for Oi Poloi and uh, it was nuts. It was, uh, yeah. I it never was, got to uh, see Oi Poloi. Was it, was it awesome? Uh, can't really remember. No, I, I don't think they were that great, but it was just cool opening for a legendary band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I saw great, tons though. of bands there. I mean, it helped me out with fucking everything. I mean, Bunch of bands from Portland also, right? Like Detestation. Is that Portland? Yeah. That's Portland. Yeah, yeah. So that Tragedy, a couple of times, criminal damage, uh from yeah, Ashes Rise. I don't know. Like all like all these uh all these Portland bands have played their long knife a couple of times. Played twice with long knife in Oki, I think, or just uh Yeah. But Oki's a good place. Perhaps. The people the people who run it are cool. Uh it's like yeah, that the whole block is basically a squat. I mean, our, our guitar player has his studio there uh, at the back of Oki. Uh, it's, it's like, uh, I think it's a nice place. The guy who, run Oki, who runs Oki mm-hmm. is, is, is a super nice guy. You can still, you know, put up a show there if you want to. Sure, they do all kinds of uh, like underground stuff. I mean, from hip hop to, to, to garage, uh, rock and roll. Surf, whatever. Yeah, I mean, and we did a little what, rock and roll party. I actually, did security for, but it was also there because it was gonna be uh, in the squad, and then the fucking mayor, so-called fucking left-wing mayor, uh, wanted to give us a twenty thousand fine. So we we had to move the the party like in a day to Aki, and then we had like thousand people that were gonna come, and we needed to uh, <laughs> keep it down to two hundred fifty on the night. So that was uh, quite a challenge, but we did but it. Still, you know, sure. Then he he does help and makes it happen. You know, uh, I have yeah. to. You have to give it to them, and I mean also, but for 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 their neighborhood and the community, they also do like children shows and everything, and for for the kids around there. So I, I think 
for for that neighborhood they're they're quite important and you know it's it's in the middle of the south of Amsterdam so this this is like a, a rich neighborhood yeah yeah I, th- I think they sort of have their place and are are respected and even even if they have sometimes hard times I mean at least it's legalized and they get some government money so I think they'll be around yeah. and they have a lot of volunteers sure. I mean my wife volunteers so sometimes behind the bar uh, we put up shows that it's it's yeah i volunteer on the door <laughs> yeah no, it's it's good people so yeah yeah i mean i prefer him to i don't know to get some ice cubes sometimes but yeah that's i guess that's uh you know it's not that punk rock <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know when i get my vodka i like an ice cube in it but you know <laughs> I'll keep waiting. Uh, that's 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 the worst sacrifice we have to do. At least beer is cold, you know. So it's, it's... <laughs> uh, well. you sound like an American complaining about ice cubes. I complain about everything. It's an Amsterdam <laughs> thing, also, and it's a Belgrade thing. It's just a, you know, spoiled city brat. Uh, it's like like people in New York. They they're also really good in complaining about everything, right? In, in a funny <laughs> way. Okay, the next song we're gonna play is "League of Fools." You want to tell us about it? It's the second song of our new uh, of our new record, uh, New World, and uh, I think we li- like very much how it turned out. Good reactions to it, and uh, yeah, I think it kicks ass. And it features a solo by the old grumpy fuck Tony Slug, legendary <laughs> uh, Amsterdam guitar slinger since the late seventies. Yeah, he's been in the Nitwits, BGK. He's been in the Hydromatics with. Uh, Scott Morgan. Uh, Scott Morgan from from Detroit and the guy from the helicopters and what else? Love Slug. Oh, this yeah, man's yeah. played some. This this man has a resume that's uh, impressive. Yeah, yeah. I saw BGK out of hibernation for us, basically. Yep, <laughs> we revived him. <laughs> yeah, it's it's our Frankenstein project, but it worked out. <laughs> how to how to make a monster? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you saw BGK? Yeah, in Portland. Dude, you're old. Yeah. <laughs> I am old. You no. saw BGK? Oh, man. In Portland. I'm, I'm too young. That's one of my favorite bands still. Yeah, I'm too young for that, too. It's sad to say, but I can't really remember it, but I was there. Uh, you should have left that one out. Say, man, it's great. <laughs> yeah, edit that shit out. <laughs>
What got you involved in punk to begin with? Talking about the old days. Um, Should I go first? Okay, I'll go first. You go uh, first. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, well, I guess as a kid, I always liked loud, energetic music. So uh, there was a little hard rock metal peri period also when I was like 12 or 13. You know, Slayer, Metallica, all that shit. And then, yeah, about the age of 15. It was also the, the, the jump, jump, 90s bullshit like Biohazard, but also Minor Threat, all that kind of shit together. And just, you know, more the energy, the simplicity without the, I don't know, you know, the, 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 the metal posturing. And uh, so as a kid, even in Serbia, I started going to shows and you, you'd be, you know, you'd be this fucking weirdo at school and then go out on the weekends and just slam dance like crazy and it'd be just another world man and uh like early early 90s uh moshing was in serbia man like kicking the shit out of each other <laughs> was like no when i moved here it was like okay you can just uh you don't need to be there with a cruise you want to get beat up so it was just like literally kicking the shit out of each other that, that was slam dancing in the early 90s still in uh in serbia so it was uh no, it was refreshing when I moved here and you could just slam and 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 uh and do it. And I, I was tiny back then. So I was just nonstop stage diving, going crazy. And yeah, just the energy and the outlet. What was the first punk band you got obsessed with? Uh there was a Yugoslavian slash Croatian band called Good Idioti uh, from the 80s. Love them. They're good. I have a seven inch of them. That's a good one. Yeah, I have one record. Uh, there's a documentary like on the, on. I think their bass player died a few years ago. But they were around since like the early 80s till God knows a few years ago when, when one of the what original. What does it mean? Good Idioti is like stupid, the stupid ducks, crazy ducks. Or is that another one? Oh, Pekish Kapatka. Uh, yeah, that's, that's I think, you know, the first Serbian band that put out a record back in 79, 80. Great band. That's good stuff. I, well, I listened to them, but that was okay. like, I don't know, 10 years before my time. How about you? What, when did you, what was Amsterdam like when you got into punk? Well, I mean, I'm born in 81 so so early 90s i got into like all the nirvanas and and rage against the machines of this world and then Me too. just my old man said hey you like that stuff here you go here's a bunch of records which i remember seeing as a kid and i was already obsessed with the cover of the first motorhead record <laughs> and then i got like all these all that stuff and then yeah you got like angelic upstarts saints uh, motorhead uh Sex Pistols, uh, Speed Wins, old Dutch band. So I got like like a 200 record head start um, into punk music that way. Lucky fuck. And oh, yeah, I was, there was really, I was about to say that too. And there was there was really some. The thing was that he at one point in the 70s, then then when it all got like really symphonic and uh, and all that stuff, he was like fuck this shit, I'm out. I'm just going to listen to Wagner. 
And then he hears, and then he hears like rock and he hears like the first punk bands, and he's like, "Hey, this sounds like rock and roll again." And he just started making some money, so he buys two hundred records and listens to them. And then, at one point, uh, I get into it, and he gives them to me plus a CD of the MC5, where he says, "This is where it started." And then it's like, "Okay, I'll listen." <laughs> never, never, yeah, I had an older punk rock cousin, but he was kind of, well, back then, I don't know, early nineties, was like. Fuck this little kid. But then I, I met him at my first gig ever when I was 15 years old. And he was already kind of out of scene. But I mean, he saw, I don't know, uh, all the bands that, were, that played Yugoslavia in the 80s, like Youth Brigade, uh, GBH, stuff like that. He was there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I got some, some tapes off of him. And then so after all these years, what keeps you, what keeps you involved in punk? Why do you still do it? Why not? Exactly. <laughs> it's too much fun. <laughs> I mean, I see it as a, as, okay, a, as, a, a as I say, musically, like I see it as a rock and roll lineage. So from Bob Diddley, Chuck Berry, through Motorhead Ramones to newer bands. So, but uh, punk rock, I mean, just, you know, we'll never be <laughs> real great musicians. So we, we, we've got to be good at something. <laughs> and, so that's uh, Thank I guess there's still a, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, somewhere, you know, I'll always be 16 forever and a bit of a crazy ass monkey who needs to, you know, let it let loose and, you know, just go nuts on stage. That's the thing, you know, practice, write some songs, make, make, make a record, get in the van now and then for a weekend with, you know, for other idiots, the retard brigade, drink, <laughs> the retard brigade, and just you know have fun. I mean that, that's what it is, right? You play, yeah, old play, school adventure, play, man. Have fun. It's, it's what we like. And you have a new record coming out. I don't want to give too much away, but it's a bit different. But it's still Savage Beat. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Was it? Was it a conscious change for the music or did you just kind of evolve? Well, the big difference is that the, the first record was written in a couple of practices just for fun. You know, there's, there's a whole bunch of songs there where we just like, hey, let's play like, uh, like uh, a typical sort of oi song. Let's play like a typical sort of uh, punk song and, and make make lyrics up for a joke and then the second one you're like okay let's put a little bit more thought into it you know and then actually practice for a couple of months and then this one we practice a lot and uh there went a lot of more thought into writing the songs and a lot more detail into it i mean for first record was made as a joke and that turned serious the second record just sort of came on the back of that. But then, you know, we, we, there went a lot more thought into it. But for this one, we, we approached it, the, all the songs really serious instead of just for fun, you know? I mean, I think the first record is good, still but... three chord punk rock. Yeah, it is. But I mean, yeah, a bit more polished, I guess, whatever. Yeah. It, it's yeah, just but... the same influences and the same ideas. So it's just, uh, you know, you try to do a little more with it and, um, and, mm. and Think about it a bit more. What we're doing. Yeah, the symphonic Think solo, uh, the not to Turbo Negro. Yeah. <laughs> <That's pushing. laughs> Sorry. 
Well, you can really tell that you put a lot of work into this and you can hear like a lot of your influences. You can, yeah, it's just, it's so good. I was really impressed with it. Thanks. Uh, We're lucky that, uh, I mean, uh, you know, the dudes, you know, I'm just a fucking monkey. The dudes are all good, good players. And we're lucky that our lead guitar player is also producer. He's got his own studio. So, you know, we're, we're really lucky that way. It helps a lot. We can really fuck around with the, the arrangements and, uh, yeah, really nail down the sound we want. Yeah, I was going to ask about the production and the mastering because, I mean, it, it's top of the pops. It's The drums sound so good and the guitars are unbelievable. I mean, that, that goes in, in having good equipment and well thought out songs come, come, you know, and especially just a guitar player who also records it and who spends a lot of fucking time and mixing it and, and has a great ear for detail. I have to really yeah. uh, yeah, give a lot of for credit. Arranging for songs also. I mean, I'm always pretty impulsive in what I do, but you know, it's good to have somebody who really thinks things out. <laughs> no, yeah, we he, I mean, and we, we all, a lot of thought and time into it but i mean we we also can do it because we have the luxury uh of uh having uh someone in the band who has an actual studio so you know uh, that that helps a lot because you know um we can actually spend the time there without going bankrupt you know so we have yeah that helps a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's that, that is that is true. Yeah, we really work on 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 the vocals, the arrangement, you know, percussion stuff, uh, dubbing and solos, all that kind of stuff, and that that makes a difference. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's try this. Fuck this shit. Let's go. Let's go back next next week and try it again. Or and yeah. then even if we have to repeat that four times, you know, just keep going back at it and then and yeah, yeah put a lot of effort in it as opposed to our first records, which we did in, uh, I don't know, two days and one uh, long night, basically. And then it was, like, <laughs> yeah. was also with him uh, behind uh, as a studio, but then it was just like, yeah. instead of going to the bar, we just went into the studio and yeah. did the record. And then this one, we took a lot ser- more serious. And, you know, I mean, all the rest of the shows got canceled, so we had, we had time. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, since there's not shit to do, there's not much else to do yeah. anyway. So yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm, I'm sure everybody's proud of it. I mean, you know, it can be self-appreciating and all that. But I mean, we really want to make fucking good records. You know, like uh, you know, it's it, it's punk rock, but still, you can make you know a fucking great record and be proud of it and just timeless rock and roll. Yeah, the this one's really good, and I love the first one too. I'm, but mm-hmm. this one's really good. Yeah. Where can people get it? Uh, you can go to the if you <laughs> the, the easy yes shows, but the, easy, the easiest right so now. Two thousand twenty-five. Yeah, we probably. actually did a, a couple of Corona shows. <laughs> did one. Oh. Yeah, was sort of right, but I mean, if if people want to get our records, you you should go to our Bandcamp, which is savagebeat.bandcamp.com, and there there you can order everything, or you just go to our label, uh, Rebellion Records. Uh, they they have a big web store where you can get everything. If you're in the USA, um, you should probably hit up uh, Pirates Press in San Francisco. 
uh, and that's because uh, the, the guy who does uh, the RUS pressing is uh, Mike Josephson. Um, he, did, he did long shot. Now it's called LSM final. And I think all his Dark stuff, is, is, he's a, yeah, he's a great guy. I it's think always, uh, uh, all his stuff. Italian. I mean, with both of those guys, we just have a handshake deal and a carte blanche to do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. I mean, we're, that, that's also something we're really lucky about. Both labels we yeah. get to work with are really uh, great guys and yeah. they let us do everything. But, you know, if you're in the US, just, uh, hit up uh, LSM Vinyl and I, all his stuff is for sale on the Pirate Express website. So just just go there and uh, and I think through that it's just distributed in in stores as well. I mean you should be able to get it in Portland probably, or just ask the guy, ask, ask what's his name from uh, Blackwater and just to order it for you. Oh, they have Keith do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> Keith order the records. <laughs> So I really love and miss Portland, and I haven't been there in so long. So you got to give me a detailed description of your show there. I know you said that your liver and your nose is hurt the next day, but <laughs> oh my god! I actually yeah. wrote a like a Gonzo style tour report, and I elaborated on all the partying there. But uh, it was great. I mean, we started and ended the tour pretty much there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now the last show. I mean. Uh, okay. So we did the kickoff of the tour there, and then a week later came. And we did one more show on like a Sunday matinee in Salem. Pretty forgettable, but uh, it was just nuts. I mean, you know, like the, the first show was nuts. I mean, we we're all hyped up, and then the last show was like like a homecoming. I mean, you know, we we had people who were there and they were like you know singing along and marching to the songs and they were like. One of the best compliments, and I wrote that down. Dude, one dude came up and was like, I'm getting separation anxiety. I want you guys to play here every fucking week. I even got lots of texts about the show. Oh, wow. oh yeah? Great. That's cool. And the first one's in Blackwater, and what was the, the name of the second club again? I'm... High Water something. Oh, High Water Mark? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. it, yeah. yeah, yeah so, yeah, yeah. I've, I've water. Thought... Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought both both clubs were were really good and uh, nice people, good packed, sound, super enthusiastic, uh, great shit. And Death Ridge Boys, I mean, they kicked fucking ass too. So good people. I mean, that's that's the reason we got there because Jonathan of Death Ridge Boys, uh, he, he got a record somewhere. Uh, and uh, he just wrote us uh, with, with, with a message. He's like, hey, if you guys want to play uh, at West Coast, I got a van and I got a backline. Let's go. And we were like, oh, uh, sure. When? Um, uh, next summer? Yeah. Uh, okay. Have, have so we went. This, 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 I mean, technically, that probably was like our 12th show or something that we were playing like Portland or something. But then we were there, found ourselves. Your show in L.A.? Yeah, no, we didn't play LA, unfortunately. We went as we far as Pacific down as uh, oh, okay. San Francisco, yeah. And we went up to Vancouver and... Uh, I did a solo tour all the way to Tijuana, but that's a different story. Sorry? What's that? I said, you went to Tijuana and you missed your flight. Sounds like it was a good tour. 
<laughs> and the, the flight missing part was uh, on um, that was because of the um, the company, not me, unfortunately. Oh, okay. No, no, I, st I stuck around for another ten days, uh, road tripping in uh, California with a friend from uh, San Francisco, which was crazy. Ended up uh, going to a Rocky Erickson tribute at the uh, Casbah in San Diego, seeing the loons. It's fucking nuts. Oh, damn. I can't believe the Casbah is still there. Oh, yeah. And it was nuts. It was like stepping back into 1966. <laughs> the loons were playing. They're like, you got to realize one thing. 13th floor elevators, never played or rehearsed straight. So everybody <laughs> drops a fucking acid right now. <laughs> no, it was, it, it, was, it was crazy. And right oh, after that, we, uh, we went down to Tijuana. Had you, you've been to America before? No, never. First time. Oh, you never Roger have? Was. Never. I was, I was a lot, yeah. And was it with other bands? I've, uh, I've toured uh, with, as, as a roadie with a band of friends of mine. We did like a East Coast and Midwest tour of, of like three weeks, like 10 years ago. And a couple of years back, um, me and my wife, we did like uh, a cross country trip from uh, San Francisco to New York by way of Texas and uh, Louisiana. So that was quite some miles we made there. But yeah. I saw, I saw, I think I saw 32 states of the US by now. So I, I think that's more, more than a lot of Americans. Yeah. But, so yeah, I, I like the states a lot. I like parts of it. I like, I, I haven't really found that the only part I really didn't like at all that I saw was Atlantic City. And the rest, there was oh. always some redeeming factor to, to a place that made it worthwhile, except Atlantic City. It was just, I don't know. Yeah, it's, if Donald Trump makes a city, that's that's what Atlantic City is. It's just... <laughs> Just <laughs> great, great boxing uh, tradition. So I'd love to go. <laughs> yeah, you know, but that's you know, that's yeah, like casinos, you got a good boxing. I, I thought Atlantic City that that was where you saw um, like the downside of of America, where the facade was like really good and shiny and nice looking. And if you go off the boardwalk and you go to the other side, you just see colored people emptying trash cans, and that was like there. There you saw the difference uh, between uh, like the poor and the rich in this in the states within like 10 meters it was i, I thought it was a really weird place well, you can still see that in oakland and sf too so yeah, yeah i know I mean, you see i haven't been to east coast, coast, so, you yeah. see it in the tenderloin as well but nowhere is nowhere as extreme as in atlantic city well i thought I mean, oakland was pretty extreme and it was because we played a show in oakland and it told us no sightseeing in oakland every other city went sightseeing like oakland yeah, that's no. true <laughs> yeah, just yeah, go, you know, I've been venue, like van, that's in Oakland and still live. So yeah, I didn't. I was felt felt safer there. But yeah, shit. Oh, man, when Richmond, I flew out after the tour of to San Francisco, no, no, I, I took a train from Oakland down to San Francisco, and there were gangbangers doing simultaneous push-ups waiting for the train. It was, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, Richmond, yeah, Richmond is a little different than Oakland. I don't go sightseeing in Richmond. Okay. The, the the one up north from Oakland, yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's bad. You had like burnt ramen there, the, the club. Yeah. And for the old squad, and I, I years ago I went there to see see my friend play, and uh, that was 
yeah that, that was really a really bad neighborhood and when i went to like the the, the neighborhood supermarket to get some beers the, the guy i was just alone the guy who sold me the beers was looking at me like he saw water burning he's like what the fuck are you doing here just went back to the club and it was fine but you know oh i mean you know sometimes i like to go to those kind of places yeah i forgot about burnt ramen yeah burnt ramen was a great place though it's it's yeah yeah. um, it was super nice people but the neighborhood that was that was something else yeah it's definitely not for sightseeing nah but you guys thank you for doing this thank you absolutely and so we're going to close with so much hate do you want to tell us about it and say goodbye um it's a it's a second song of wired uh our, our second record is written by paul who's no longer in the band but he's still a great friend and also did co-write uh or even wrote uh, two songs on the new one. Uh, he wrote also Killing us. Time and recorded as well. He recorded Killing Time and All Bars in Town uh, with us, and he wrote the music to those two songs. Uh, and um, he wrote this one, and it's a typical Paul sort of song, but I think it's like a Mis- high energy. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. Hating on the world. <laughs> So we got our new, uh, the new one is also ready. And that's, uh, I hope everyone checks it out and uh, and lets us know what they think about it. We're, we're really happy yeah. with it. Word up. Yeah, you should be. It, it's very good. Thank yes, you very thank you, man. Yeah, but it, I mean, all that stuff kind of goes together. And then in the beginning, I wasn't meaning to like peg you as like a boy band. I mean, there's, but I didn't really know how else to describe what you were doing. Nah, we, the, the oi thing, that's where, that's where we started just for sort of for fun and say, let's do an oi band. But, but as soon as we started writing songs, it already got more uh, rock and roll. And we never really said, like, let's sound like, like contemporary oi bands. But I mean, the influences of stuff we like is like Cox Sparrow, Cockney Rejects, uh, I don't know, Stiff Little Fingers, uh, you know, that, that, old, that old stuff. I mean, that's just timeless classics. Um, not talking about you know like and you put it on blender with the dictators mc5 hot rods and well you're halfway there <laughs> there you go you, you, you got the stuff imaginable uh to put together in my opinion i mean you still have to do it right but i mean that, that's the best music there is i think yeah, so. yeah. well yeah. apart from, from nick Lowe. <laughs> different i mean but if, even if you like if you have old Nick Lowe, man, shit, Heart of the City and that kind of stuff. We of are course, old I mean, he produced the first punk record ever, but uh, I love his uh, crooner uh, country stuff, too. And you love, you love everything he did, right? Pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. He's touring now with the guy and recording with the guys from uh, Los Stray Jackets, so he's a bit more high energy than he was for the last 35 years, so... Uh, is it? I mean, it's laid back rock and roll, but I mean, low straight jackets, they can rip. Yeah, yeah. I saw them in Portland once too, on accident. I didn't even know who it was. Nice. Oh, fantastic fucking musicians. I never forgot after I saw them, but I didn't know when I walked in. Oh, wow. 
That's then they made a good impression, right? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> first thing when I can uh, go back on the road again and travel is to book my flight to first city on the planet where Nick Lowe and the Straight Jackets are playing. That's a good when one. do you think that'll be? Hopefully next year, who the fuck knows? Yeah, I don't know anymore either. If it we'll goes with... I mean, uh, I guess we'll be starting with the Corona shows, hopefully in three or four months, and then getting back to some sort of normal end of the year. I don't know. Fuck it. We'll see. Yeah. It doesn't look very hopeful, though. No. It's, it's, I well, mean, then we'll just do it illegally. I don't give a fuck. Just, thanks, for, just thanks for having us and, you know, giving us... Totally. Uh, some attention. Hopefully have a beer in the future. <laughs> yeah, man. Yep. Yeah, I was really hoping by summer, but I don't know. Maybe outdoors will be open soon. Oh, of course it will. By April, everything will be open. People will be going fucking nuts. You'll, be having, you'll have riots every fucking day if they open up by April. So <laughs> take my word for it. Oh, yeah. As the sun comes out? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Hospitals I think there were riots again yeah. today, right? On the same plane? Man, if I was oh. 15, I would be busting shit up, too. <laughs> yeah, the, as well. uh, the other day, I almost rode, went, I almost rode by and to go just to see what was happening, but then I thought it would mm -hmm. get too hectic. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, half of these people are just a bunch of fucking idiots anyway. I mean, I can imagine... Yeah, that well, but it's not that easy. I mean, uh, riots don't happen in a vacuum. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's I mean, true. attacking a hospital is dumb, but, you know, imagine if you're fucking 15 years old. I'll be fucking rioting every day, dude. True, but, I mean, that's the difference, attacking a hospital, you know? What the fuck's wrong with you? Of course, right? you're a fucking moron, but, I mean, uh, you know, we all know why the this fucking third way would ever happen, you know? Keep up the fucking uh, shopping malls open and close museums. I mean, what the fuck are we talking about, please? So there is no idea behind the politics. I didn't know that they. I didn't know that they attacked the hospital. I didn't know that part. Just some some idiots. I mean, it's it's a it's a detail, but I mean, it's one yeah. of the things that happens. Yeah. I thought it was only a, they were that stupid. No, so some of some of them are that stupid. I mean, uh, and some people actually want just want to protest, which I think is fine. But there's some people they take a sword to a, a protest. I mean, yeah, then you go to make tr trouble. I mean, it's sort of funny, but then, then again, <laughs> you also sort of deserve to get your head kicked in by a riot cop, you know. It's, you know. Well, fuck the riot cops anyway, I mean. Fuck them, but if you bring a sword to it, I mean. What's well, fuck any kind know? of cop, you know. Dead cop <laughs> is always the best cop. <laughs> yeah, fuck the cops, we're punks. Fuck them. Biggest cowards in the fucking planet. These are not good, nice closing words, right? Fuck Hell yeah. <laughs> Dead cops. Dead cops. <laughs>